Michelle. Excited to be here. I'm excited to chat with you, um, mostly because, like I said, I wanted to interrogate you because I think you're cool. But Jules is our mutual oh, friend yeah, of ours. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't realize you knew her. Yes, and she's te- she was telling me recently, she's like, you have to meet Jade. Like, <laughs> she's so good at what she does, and so I'm, like, so excited. Yeah, I'm excited yeah. to be here. She's awesome. Am- amazing. So, first of all, I like to start with rapid-fire questions. Oh, so, if people like, want to get a taste of your personality, they can learn more about you. So, are you an astrology girl? A bit. I feel like I believe in my own, just because mine is, like, spot on. Oh, my God. What is it? I'm a Capricorn. Yeah. (laughs) Classic. Yeah. Yeah. Capricorn, do you have, do you know your big three, or you just... No. That's fine. But a Capricorn makes total sense. I'm a Sagittarius. When's your birthday? Christmas. Oh my god! Yeah. Crazy! I'm December seventh. Oh my gosh! Okay, yeah. so it's really close. I see. I don't even yeah. know. Like, I'm. Mm-hmm. I've like heard of Sagittarius. Do I know anything of like a the You're time? Good. It doesn't no. matter. <laughs> know yourself. Literally. But December birthdays are kind of tough. Yeah, they you. are tough. Yeah. I always used it. I like was a huge birthday girl, so I would always use it since my birthday's on Christmas. I was like, oh well, I can celebrate whatever day I want because yes. no one's gonna be doing anything on my actual birthday and so I, I like the using the flexibility I like that yeah. and you're usually not at school yeah or not at work <laughs> exactly at so that's a good part what's your hometown and where do you live now yeah it's a little weird I was born in Pittsburgh Pennsylvania oh my goodness but spent like basically no time there spent most of my childhood in the Bay Area California but went to boarding school and then oh, college me too. Yeah, yeah really mm-hmm. I like I love a boarding school girl yeah we love a boarding it's a school different girl experience. it's a different beast it's yeah. a different beast like it it's really hard is. to explain like even I'd say the Bay Area California but my family doesn't live there anymore so I never really go back yeah where do um, they live now they live in Puerto Rico it's like very random wow yeah <laughs> I don't speak Spanish and they moved there when I was in college so I don't really have that much of connection there either but yeah that's where I go home, like home That's now. That's where you go for, home. I yeah. see, I see. Okay. So do you prefer Instagram or TikTok? TikTok all day. You're so good at it. I hate Instagram. <laughs> I hate, hate, hate Instagram. I don't like scrolling on it. Mm-hmm. I think it just gives me anxiety and it's just like not, it's obviously not my platform, but yeah. it's just, I, don't, I feel like I even, I've been trying to watch reels on Instagram and I think it just rewards boringness and like being cookie cutter and like all that faceless no personality type that's so true I feel like when I'm making content I make like the actual content and then I dumb it down for TikTok you know Yeah. yeah so that's real I wanted to ask you for your rapid fire questions about hot girls in New York City you know yeah. what I mean because that's yeah. your like bread and butter so what is your favorite place for a date in New York Favorite place is for sure Temple Bar. Mm-hmm. It's one two minute walk from my apartment, but okay, okay, I love, <laughs> love, yeah. But it's also it's a perfect first date spot because it's super dark inside, mm. and so if it's a if it's going well, it's like dark and sexy. Yeah. If it's not going well, you can like barely see them. So <laughs> it's perfect. Genius. <laughs> What's your biggest like ick when you are meeting someone new? Is it like guy or girl or anyone? Okay, let's do anyone. Let's okay, do anyone. yeah, I think anyone. And it, this is like I've thought I don't go to therapy, don't cancel away, but I thought I've thought a lot about this and like why this is, and I'm pretty sure it's like deep rooted in like self like hatred. But pretty much, I grew up like, and I've always been very introverted, but I've like forced myself to become extroverted. And so it's really hard. And like for the longest time, I was like super quiet and awkward. And it's really hard for me to meet people and see them being like, not, like have them be a cool person, but not 
being able to like speak up for themselves Ugh. and like not be awkward and not be like not confident because it I think it it bothers me so much because I've seen that in myself and I've repressed that so much that I hate seeing it in other people oh I told I know what you mean where it's yeah. like you see someone with a lot of potential and it's yeah like they're quiet or they're self-deprecating and it's yeah. like you're that bitch like act like exactly it. Yeah. yeah I love that and I'm dead at the don't cancer <laughs> therapy that's real okay and then what is your favorite workout class in New York Ugh. It has to be Army. I haven't been in a minute because I can't justify it. And they've gotten so hard to get into. Oh, God, Um, yes. But it is, like, full body hit. It's basically the Barry's Boot Camp at the floor. Like, no treadmill. But it's, like, really well done. Okay, good to know. I'll have to try it if I can get in. You know what I mean? Yeah, try and get in. It's worth it. Good to know. Okay, what is your favorite thing about yourself? Um, I think it's that I've really stopped caring about other people's metrics of success like I'm very much I think and I think this has changed throughout my life again but I want to like enjoy my life and do it my way and it really like I can think of times where I used to care a lot about what people thought about me and now I just like do it for me and like I love that I love that I think I agree I think I just kind of had I thought I was confident and yeah. then I feel like I had a moment where I was like, wait, I'm, I was confident, but I still wanted things to happen like now, but now yeah. I'm like, I trust that everything's going to oh, work yeah. out for me. I've personally. never in my life known that everything's going to work out more than right now. Right? Yeah. Oh, that's beautiful. It's beautiful. Okay. What's your most important self-care practice? It has got to be, I like hate to be that person, but it's like the morning workouts. It's like I used to never work out. And I think especially now since pretty much working on my own schedule, if I didn't work out in the morning, like it like the day just like doesn't happen. Yeah. And I know it. And I think I also need to get like those endorphins running and then I'm like awake for the day. I agree 100 yeah. percent It's like I was always a afternoon person. Yeah. And then I was like, when you are doing things for yourself, you yeah. have to do it yeah. first thing or yeah. you won't do it. Yeah, exactly. It's crazy. Then what's the most overrated self-care practice in your opinion? I don't want it like it's overrated for me. I've like tried a million times, but like meditation yeah. or or Yo- yoga or just like it does not work for me like I don't I think like taking a breath or like taking a step back is like works but I don't know I've just never I've tried so many times and so many people have told me meditation mm. will work and it just like I get stressed out when I'm like not I think I think that like my form of meditation is like writing a to-do list and like okay yeah. here's all the things I have to do but meditation of like tr- what I think people are truly like meditating has just never works for me Mine's the same because I can't sit down and sit still. Yeah. So I have to do, like, I do the walking meditation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or, like, listen to the meditation music while I walk. But I have to be, like, moving or yeah. writing something down. Exactly. Because my brain, I can't turn it off. Yeah, Like, what 100%. are you guys talking about? So I love that. Okay, final rapid fire is what is the worst advice you've ever received? I think one thing... Like, after college, I stayed at my, like, job after college only for a little bit over a year. And I think I, like, pretty much three or three to, within my first three months there, even though I'd interned there for two years prior, my first three months I was already writing, like, pros and cons of, like, why I should leave and why I should stay. And, like, so many of the pros, like, of why I should stay was 
oh, you need to be here for two years, like, for it to seem, like, not flaky. And that has not once ever been a question on my resume, even when I was working, like, a corporate job. I also, like, the job after that, I stayed at for three years, so, like, it doesn't really matter. And I think, had I stayed there that extra year, it just, I know it would have, like, already I knew that it was, like, a waste of my time. And I do think maybe you shouldn't have, like, things on your resume that's like a year and like never committing to anything but if you know that something's not right for you sticking to it just to say that you can stick to it is like something that it's like really can be really harmful and and honestly just a waste of time and like that's my biggest like the thing I want most in life is obviously time exactly so I love that I think the resume pressure is real. Like yeah. the LinkedIn pressure, whatever, is real. But yeah. like you said, you did your next job because it like actually it worked. worked. Yeah, so exactly. That makes sense. So let's get into your history. Yeah. Tell me about yourself. <laughs> um, when did you, like, where'd you, well, I guess you went to boarding school. So yeah. I have to start there. I usually start in college. <laughs> I have to start there because I also did. Where did you go? Was it East yeah. Coast? Yeah. I yeah. went to small boarding school in Boston. Um, and just 20 minutes. It's actually half boarding, half day student, but I was a boarder. We had the same. Yeah. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we, um, I loved it. Like the only reason I went to boarding school, I was like, I was between a boarding school and a day school near me in in California and it honestly it was like a flip of like a flip mm-hmm. of a coin I had really always liked summer camp and just like was like this sounds yeah. like a long summer camp yeah sounds and like the kids going to that boarding school were going to better colleges than the one near my house so I was like I guess I'll go there <laughs> <laughs> exactly um but I loved it and I and I like my roommate for the first five years in New York was from high we were friends from high school so I think like the bonds there of like living together when you're in those like formative years and I also think it's different than college because college everyone's drinking yeah and as much as I love drinking if you're living with someone for four years and not drinking you're doing a lot of deep talks a lot of deep talks especially when you're all trying to get into like the best college it's like that it's a trauma yeah exactly exactly like I just remember like we had like and there was definitely so much, it was, like, such a pressure place. I remember it was so interesting. I feel like a lot of, uh, like, school, high schools, when, like, college decisions came out, like, everyone wore, like, the college, like, T-shirt mm-hmm. to school. We actually didn't have that. And it was, like, super, some people would do it just, like, because yeah. they could. But for us, it was, like, you know how much pressure is here. Like, that is boastful. Like, oh you cannot do that. Like That's crazy. Yeah, it was, like, it was, like, such a weird, like, place of like everyone is fighting but also no one would acknowledge it mm-hmm. and like want to be boastful of their like success or anything oh my god um, because crazy. they knew how competitive it was it's crazy one of my best friend wanted to apply to Penn early decision yeah but this other girl her like rival in the class also did so she they like negotiated who could apply <laughs> for ED because they would only accept so many people from our school. Yeah. And it's just like, why were we like doing that like at <laughs> I remember, 17? I remember one girl who I knew she, she had gotten into Harvard, but didn't go and went to Stanford instead. And then when she, like the day after she told Harvard, no, another girl from our school got in off the wait list and she said, you should thank me. No. Yes. Stop. <laughs> Oh my god, that's too much. That's too much. The girls are were yeah, fighting, fighting back then. Oh yeah. my god, um, crazy. 
But yeah, yeah, I went to Georgetown afterwards in D.C. I loved it there. I was in their international affairs program, but all my like extracurriculars were like finance related. I was like ended up being like the CEO of the investment club, all this stuff, worked at the endowment. And so basically ended up interning at J.P. Morgan um, in New York for the two summers. Not investment banking, actually, which most people like people usually think I was actually in sales and trading. I was I did derivatives trading. I liked those summer internships, so I came back for full-time. And I think when I got to full-time, I actually didn't hate the work that I was doing, but I, like, the day-to-day was not that bad. Sales and trading, the hours are bad, but it's not, like, you're not there till 2 a.m. You're just, like, there every day, like, at, at, like, 6 or 7 in the morning, and it's, Mm -hmm. like, annoying. I think when there was no end date, and I realized, oh, like this is going to be my life. Mm. I was like, absolutely not. And I think the main thing was like, I saw the lives of like my boss. My bosses was like, had kids and was still getting in at like 6.30. And I was like, that sounds awful. Mm -hmm. I don't want to do that. So I kind of went on like a soul searching, like I had no idea what I wanted to do. And I also thought maybe I'm just being a lazy piece of shit Mm -hmm. and I should hate my first job and like, like everyone does yeah everyone does and like maybe you just need to like bear it out a little bit longer so I basically went on LinkedIn and like DM'd like so many people from like I knew from high school or college who were like in their first year being like hey can you just tell me what you're doing and like do you like it yeah like honestly Mm, (laughs) and like what does your day-to-day like actually look like and then one of the girls I reached out and I knew that I wanted to do something with entrepreneurship or like startups or something maybe something in tech because I did some computer science in college, but um, ended up at a like ad tech startup that basically did paid marketing for a bunch of direct to consumer brands. And I think it was like, the, it, was, it was actually started by ex Goldman traders. So they had a very quantitative approach to marketing, which is like, mm-hmm. I think I wasn't ready to go straight to like, I was the only girl on my desk in trading yeah. and I was the only non MIT math major. <laughs> so I always thought I was quantitative and then yeah. I got there I was like I'm not, uh, that, quantitative. I'm not that quantitative <laughs> yeah but you had like a good middle ground to start with this exactly yeah exactly so. yeah and so that was there for three years partway through there started my skincare brand 4am skin that was really me and my co-founder were like best friends from college and I actually had never been like a skincare person at all mm. I but I love like going out in the city and like always kind of like saying yes to everything but I could see the impact I was having on my skin would go to my co-founder Sabrina it's like what should I be using she was pre-med and then went to actually Georgetown Medical School so she oh, was wow. like the science like and loved skincare she's like oh here's this 10-step skincare routine and I was like there's no way I actually end up doing that what's like the one thing I should be using and so we realized there was like a uh, kind of gap in the market of like all-in-one minimal skincare that also kind of like you can feel good about. Like it doesn't have to be a million steps to have like a good self-care routine. And yeah, and then three years into the last job, I decided to make the full-time switch to 4AM. Amazing. Yeah. I want to hear more about the story and like the everything behind 4AM. Yeah. I'm also curious, like were you always – quantitative like what drew you to you went for the international affairs program but what drew you to like investment and stuff like that while you were in college yeah I think for me I really liked like econ and I really liked how kind of learning about I felt like I really liked like 
reading the news and like world affairs but I realized that like a lot of what drove that was like these like companies and like things like that and that just like really interested in me interested me and I feel like I I was also always needed like a club like I needed like like, it's so stupid yeah boarding school will do that to you yeah and so I feel like I kind of just fell into it and it's so interesting now because now I like don't have anything to do with finance and it's like I mean I do like all the numbers side for 4 a.m now yeah. but it was really just I thought it was like a really interesting way to learn about the world yeah and it, and it kind of is I think I like always avert like stayed away from it yeah now that I'm going to school they're like if you don't get your calc done yeah you can't be here and I'm like let me embrace this yeah or, you know what I mean so I like to hear that so then you worked in the study for a little bit and then started 4 a.m so Going from not really having a skincare routine to starting a skincare <laughs> brand, like, talk to me about how you decided to do that. Did you just like, did you guys just realize, like, oh, there's a gap in the market, like, let's fix this? Or were you like, I don't know, like, let me try all these other things and see what does and doesn't work? Yeah, I think what it was was I knew that I wanted to do something entrepreneurial, but the idea had never come to me. Like, Mm -hmm. I was like, I don't know. Like, I was like, and I was working, like, at my, at the um, startup that I was working on, we worked on, like, the ads for, like, Glossier. I wasn't on that team, but, like, my coworkers were working with, like, Glossier and Birchbox and all this stuff. I did more, I did, like, worked on a a couple other partners, but, like, seeing that, I was like, oh, there's, like, that was, like, really fun to me of, like, okay, you can have... Like, I like makeup and, like, I like just, like, girly things as well. And you can also, like, build these, like, businesses that are, like, doing amazingly well and, like, making a ton of money. So it was really, like, the idea of wanting to start something and realizing, I think, my co-founder, Sabrina, she had always had, like, a 10-step skincare routine and was like, I just, like, don't actually enjoy doing this as yeah. much as it's, like, the thing that everyone likes to talk about on Instagram. I, I try to think back of whether I expected it to, uh, something to ever be something that I did like other than just like on the side. But I think once we got like traction, we were like, oh, shoot, we should maybe actually commit some of our brain space and not just like the weekends to yeah. this. I love that. Yeah. And it, does your co-founder do it full time too? Yeah. So mm-hmm. she did her like first two years of medical school where she did like most of like the step and everything like that past her first set of boards and then she's night right now and she's on a leave of absence okay um, cool she can potentially go she can go back if she, if wants, she wants to, to depending on timing so i love that yeah, yeah. okay and obviously uh, 4am just launched in revolve as yeah. well and it's also in urban outfitters and everything like that so from the moment you had your idea what was the first thing you did to get to a place where now like you have traction and stuff like that yeah it's so interesting because I always think of how we've built the business is like, I wish there was a bigger roadmap of like six months ago being like, let's get into Revolve and then like going there or even like from the very beginning of like, hey, like let's start a skincare brand. And I feel like we literally Googled, okay, how do you start a skincare (laughs) brand? And they were like, okay, well you have to get a product. Um, And I was like, okay, so where like let's talk some to some labs and like it all kind of just like snowballs there was like no giant like plan I think when I think for me when we like what precipitated like the switch to full time was honestly seeing I think it was more that like 
well, one, my old off, my old job went ba- went back to the office, mm. and it was really hard to do both. Yeah. I was like, oh shoot, yeah, I can't like randomly like take. It's a lot easier to take meetings for other stuff and just do a block on your calendar yes. than having to like leave your desk and like find a find a like a room yeah. to like take a call with a supplier, I've take a pot, call with a wholesaler. So I'm not gonna lie, that was one of the reasons like to go full time. And then, but it was also, I had always had like all my socials were private before starting the brand. And then kind of alongside with it, we had like blown up on TikTok a little bit. And then I was like making TikTok content and I was getting paid for that. And I was like, well, maybe I could grow that in order to like sustain myself and still kind of put money into the business. And so once, once I made half my salary, for my mm. old job off of TikTok, which I feel like I probably should, could have waited long. I don't know yeah. if I, I was like, well, I could, if I spend full time on it, I could kind of get similar so that was kind of like the precip- like precipitation for deciding to go yeah. full-time yeah. yeah I feel like that's always the big question people are always like when did you know to make a pivot and I feel like when you know you know because yeah. if you're like looking at something and I don't know if I should do this full-time or not then you probably don't know and you will know when you figure it out and actually think about it or when you get like a sign from the universe so you'll be okay, I feel like. Yeah, and it definitely didn't, like, I think for the first, like, two or three months when we were full-time, like, we didn't see the business grow mm. immediately. And I was like, shit. Yeah. Like, and then the past, like, two months has been, like, crazy because we did the Urban and Revolve lunch was within a month of each other. Oh, my God. We, yeah. Like, our, like, our 4 a.m. like, TikTok, it's still not huge, but, like, it came out of its, like, flop era a little mm. bit and had, like, a video hit, hit a million views. And we were like, Good. okay, we're back. Like, yeah. we're, we're like, you can breathe a yeah. little bit, literally. It's not, like, completely just throwing content away when we post it there, so. Yeah. So did you, st- you started D2C. So yeah. tell me about, like, how you found your product. Like, yeah. you worked and figured that out. But then how did you decide to, like, bring it to market? How did you launch? What was the strategy? Yeah, for sure. So... We launched with our whole idea is like minimalism, like less is more approach to skincare. So what we and we we're trying to think of like the most complicated parts of a skincare routine, and that was really like serums. But there's tons of active ing- like it always seemed like scary, and like mm-hmm. a lot of them it's just like a vitamin C serum, and you're like, well, what does that do? Like it's like it's a lot of like playing chemists in your bathroom when it find, comes to serums. So we wanted to kind of like simplify that aspect of a routine. So we launched with a rise and a rest serum so morning and night and we actually bundle them together so like the actives that you're not getting in the morning you're getting at night and vice versa so it's really trying to take like the thinking out of it basically in the morning you can just use your I don't even use a cleanser in the morning but just like the rise serum and an SPF and at night cleanse and and rest and so that and that was pretty much like our entire investment was just like basically into doing custom formula for that and investing into that and then we were like okay so then we like got the product. We were like, okay, how do we like promote this? <laughs> and our first thing was thought was to like do like influencers. And so we did up and we were like, okay. And like people go to events. So we did like for our launch, we did like a launch party. We got as well as like an influencer, like PR gift, like gifting box where we did, um, we actually partnered with Patron Tequila and oh did um, a little like coffees and cocktail set to go with our Rise and That's Rest cute. serums. Yeah. And so I remember we like went through all this like stuff to get like Patron on board. And then like they, it was really not a big investment on their part. They gave us like 300 like little nibs that got mm-hmm. engraved with 4am on it. 
And then we were like, oh, shoot, like, who do we send this to? Like, now I have, like, 300 boxes. Like, don't know who to send this to. What do we do? I was like, I was like, I thought I knew, like, some influencers. But then we were like, okay, there's 20. Yep. Yeah. And you're like, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And now we need to find, like, a bunch of others to give get addresses from. And then, so, I remember we, and for the longest time, we were like, we're never going to post on TikTok because our products are, like, uh, I would call them, like, mastige, like, Mm -hmm. similar to, like, Sunday Riley pricing. So, we were, like, and at the time, TikTok was, like, very, like, it was, like, a little kid's app, very, like, cheap. Everyone told us, like, no one, like, all the comments they get is just, like, about price point or blah, 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 blah. Everyone's expecting things to be $5 on there. But... We needed influencers, so we, like, posted a TikTok being, like, hey, like, if this is your vibe and you're in New York, like, because we couldn't ship the alcohol, like, across state borders, uh. um, let's, like, let us know we want to give you some care. And it, like, blew up overnight, and that's kind of what kind of started it all, mm. why we started posting on TikTok. And I wish we, I, I, after the fact, I, like, there's so much things, so many things I would change with how we launched. It's like, there really wasn't that much strategy around it. Yeah. Um, and then also with the party, with the event, we basically invited like any celebrity we knew. I also have a bunch of friends who work in like writing and editorial mm. and we got a cover in Vogue. So we were like, love it. It's a thing. Yeah. <laughs> so it was really fun. Yeah. I think that's the unspoken part of entrepreneurship or like building your brand that I've heard from so many people who've come on the show is like a lot of times like a success happens but it's not like you had a roadmap so that's yeah. why it's a, kind of a waste of time to always like think you can't start without one yeah because you need like a lot of, you're just figuring it out as yeah. you go every day you just have to have like a vision and try every day to get there yeah people are so much more I like I get so many like questions and comments or like even DMs being like, how did you start? And it's like, you don't like you have to. I think the biggest thing that I see in common with most entrepreneurs is that they're just biased towards action, Mm -hmm. even if it's not like they're not going to make sure everything's completely thought out before. But they're just like, well, I'll try it. If it doesn't work, I'll try something else. Exactly. And that's the plan. And believing that it'll be fine if it doesn't work is important. Because yeah. it always is. Like, yeah. look at the history. Like, you've been fine every time something's happened. So exactly. you have to keep that in mind when you're... Yeah, and for everything that's worked well, there's been a million no's that didn't work. Like, exactly. Oh, yeah. That's a real one. What's one... What was the biggest challenge when you started? Or, like, a hard, hardest day of, like, running your own business? I remember when we... Um, so when we both went full-time, which was the end of 2022... Our big plan was that we're going to raise a bunch of money. Oh, you were going to raise? Yeah. And we were like, let's Consumer raising these days. We were like, well, like, we were like, we got so much with just, like, she was in medical school, so, like, and I was, like, had a full-time job. Like, it was, like, a quarter of a person working on this. Mm -hmm. We had been, like, covered in Vogue. We had, like, sold out of our eye masks. Like, I was like, this seems like an easy, like, pitch or whatever. And then... It's like when we started and we, and and that was like that was one of the things that we're like okay and then we can we'll raise and then we can pay ourselves and then like everything's gonna go right and we like we had we got like a couple like angel investors but like nowhere near like it was not an institutional round by mm. any means and it was honestly all the investors that we got were more like advisors and like wasn't like a significant amount of capital and so we basically decided after the first I kind of mentioned before that like the first two or three months while we were like full-time in the business like I didn't see it grow that much and like obviously that was concerning but it was because we were knocking on all these doors trying to get investors and that was what we spent all of our time doing and then we were like 
having these investors being like, okay, so where's the month over month growth? And I've been, I've been trying to talk to investors to tell them that like, we're going to use their money to grow. And like, it was like, so frustrating. Like nothing has ever been more frustrating than that, than telling people who've never had a business before. Or like, I see like there's, there's some feedback, like some of them had really great like advice and whatnot. Other like people didn't, but, and you take it all and like, everyone's advice you should take with a grain of salt I think but that was like really hard because one I only had so many so much savings like saved up and also like realizing I also think I've I don't think like venture funding is necessarily like the best thing for consumer anyways like everyone's learning that now and so it was like bad time I remember like it was when like SCB was blowing up no one was like doing anything so I think that I mean, we had so many no's. Um, and I realize now, like, I, it was like a blessing in disguise because one, I've had a lot of friends now who have like dealt with investors and it's like not, either like not going the way they wanted it to. And it's also not the silver bullet. I also see other consumer brands who've raised money and they're doing like not that like much better than us and yeah. I know how much money they're spending on things like I see and it's really hard to see like I will see like billboards up or like wheat pastings and I know how much that costs and yeah. that that would I would never ever ever do that because I don't have the money to do it but also because I know that it wouldn't be like ROI positive like day one mm-hmm. and that's it's hard to see because you're like wow like they must be crushing it but I'm also like we're like doing pretty similarly with like TikTok. so much less yeah literally I think that's so important, and I was thinking about this because distribution channels, like, are really the most important thing, and you guys have built, like, your own by being yourselves online, and it doesn't matter if you didn't raise a $10 million Series A because you have a community and you have customers and you have a story. Exactly. And, like, I think that people get really hard and down on themselves especially when you like are having trouble raising but it's like yeah. think about who you're raising from and also exactly. you really need to raise exactly and, you know and we had we had a couple of investors be like they like I don't think you should raise like they were like you like we're pretty close to we're basically we're not losing money every month we're making yeah. like as much as we're basically paying ourselves nothing like and have to make money in other yeah. ways and I wish I could focus 100% on the time on the business but also like there, I've seen all these companies that have raised millions of dollars and they're like, oh, we're about to get profitability next month. And I'm like, yeah. what? Literally. And there's so many. I had on um, KJ Miller. She was, she's the founder of Mented Cosmetics mm-hmm. and she like raised in the heyday of yeah. like consumer raising, like yeah. Glossier season, like makeup for black women. And she was telling me how like, now everyone is real. Like at that point, they never even thought about profitability. Yeah. They wouldn't ask that question once yeah. until all the big ones IPO'd and like they're still not profitable yeah. post IPO. And it's like, what's going on here? So well, now it, they're thinking it's crazy. It yeah. was so interesting because I remember at my like startup job in between finance and 4 a.m., I worked with a bunch of direct to consumer brands and most of them were VC backed. And I remember there was one, I won't say the name of it, but they have raised from like everyone and their mother Mm. um and I had weekly meetings with their CEO and their VP of finance to basically tell them how their paid marketing spend was rolling up into the but into their like forecast that they had told investors and like I remember looking at the forecast that they were telling investors and I was like that's never going to happen. <laughs> it's literally like every week it was an awkward af meeting because I was just like, 
they were like, how do we get these numbers to make sense? And I was like, they don't, babe. they don't, they don't. Oh my God. And yeah. I remember, and then, and then I remember like spend, they were like, well, we can't make these numbers make sense, but like, like we're not going to make the pro like the CAC isn't going to work out and like the profitability isn't going to work out. But like we can make the revenue number make sense if we throw enough like like maybe like the stuff bottom yeah. isn't going to make sense of this like of this like model, but the top we can make the revenue number make sense if we just spend enough. Yeah. And I remember like and I was like they were like how high is our customer acquisition cost if we need it to go this right? I was like it's going to be like double yeah. your average order value. And then Jeez. basically you can imagine that the way then that they make them well they the assumption that they have to make for that to make sense is okay well let's just assume that the lifetime value of our customers is three times what it's actually going to be and then we'll deal with that problem down the road when we realize that these people aren't coming back to repurchase the way like we wanted them to yeah Jesus. So it, it was just like, it's kind of like all a facade in a yeah. lot of ways too. Yeah. So it's important not to compare yourself to that type of thing. Yeah. Jesus Christ. That's crazy. Okay. Well, 4am is, looks incredible, especially the eye masks. Yeah. And I, I brought you like, some to try. Have. Oh my God. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Thank you. I'm so <laughs> excited. But I feel like, um, I would also love to know about you as, uh, your, do you call yourself an influencer creator? Yeah, I I feel like I always there's like oh like when I get to this I'll like call I think so yes yes now. you are one hundred percent you are to me so I feel like I want to hear a little bit about your decision to like make content because you said you were private before for yeah him. so when did that start for you I actually know I know exactly when it started I remember I'd always had a bunch of friends who like worked in fashion and stuff and so I was I was I've always been like people's plus ones to events like yeah. since moving to the city five years ago. Um, had always been able to like go to really cool things. And then I remember it was like after COVID and I went to like this fashion week party. Like it wasn't new to me, but I saw like a lot of new like TikTokers there. Yeah. And I was like, how are you guys here? Like, I was like, I don't know how I'm here, but like you guys are new and that you guys, and I know you guys aren't, and they were all not plus ones. They were actually invited. And I was like, maybe I should do that. Yeah. Like, I, I, I just, like, I think I saw people who had made it happen in the time of me being in New York of, like, I'd been to Fashion Week stuff before, and then, like, these people are kind of coming out of nowhere, and it's all on TikTok, and I was, like, and it just seemed fun. And our, like, our brand account had blown up a couple times, and I was, like, oh, like, maybe that is, like, and I, like, that was from making videos that it was, like, I was, like, editing and stuff, but I was, like, maybe I can do that for myself and, like, do whatever like I don't need I think I it was just when, whenever like an idea I think it was like when I was traveling I did like a Paris trip like mm -hmm. recap or something like that um and I was like I'd love to do that just for fun so I think but it was after that seeing people like making a living out of it where it was like okay there's something here and then I think actually having the business really helped me do it because I was like if anything I'm doing it for the business yeah. like having doing like get ready with me's and always like featuring 4am in it was like super important. And then we saw like sales coming out of it, but I think it was really seeing other people in the space, like and doing things that I've like wanted to do. Exactly. <laughs> it's like, it's like, like, let me try this. Yeah. Yeah. And you knew you could because of the business account. Exactly. And like yeah. That. So, and I mean, the girls are loving your content. Like, yeah, it's been crazy the past yeah. like couple of months. It, um, that's how it is. You have like a crazy like growth moment and it yeah. feels amazing. Yeah. Oh, I love that. Yes. I'm curious because one of my favorite videos you did was about like glowing up. Yeah. If you had to tell the girls 
how to glow up like in three steps like what would you say yeah I think the number one thing is I like it's everyone says this like a million times over but like having confidence is like very important but the way to have it like you're never going to be like confident about everything at once and I think like people I there's one time I said this like quote where it was like only ugly people compare themselves to others and a lot of people were like confused about that because I wasn't because they were like oh like most like the hottest people I know like they are constantly comparing themselves to other because like it's etc but I think when you compare yourselves to others you are automatically going to find someone who you think is better than you in some sort of way and therefore that's how it makes you ugly because it makes you ugly in your eyes because you're like oh if you compare yourself to others you're never going to seem like number one but I think when like the way to like finding this like finding that confidence without like comparison is really about realizing that you're like unique and you're it's like so and so like and I'm like trying to explain it in like a non tacky non like Khloe Kardashian quote way (laughs) but (laughs) of really finding your own thing that you're like confident about and doesn't have to be about looks I think for me one of the things is like I am very confident like my friend group like I have 99 problems friends is not one of them and I love like who I hang out with and I think they're all like super interesting and driven and I also have friends from like lots of different walks of life and that's like something I think is really cool and like a great network for myself and like that can be like one of the things that you're like confident about Mm -hmm. so I think it's like finding your confidence in whatever unique way that you can like that you can have it and then the second part is like I think it is still important as much as we're all unique you can always like improve like where you are but for me it's always about making habits of things and you cannot do that with like too many things at once you have to slowly like how I've always thought about it like there's been like months where I'm like okay I don't know how to do my hair. Like, the thing I'm going to focus on for this month is literally how to do my hair. Mm-hmm. Um, like, I used to not know. My hair doesn't look that great today. But I used to, like, never... I used to, like, not even know how to blow dry my hair. Yeah. And I d- had never used a curling iron before. And, like, there was one month I literally... I'm shocked I didn't, like, fry my hair off. But I literally blow dried. And every time, like, I showered, I, it was, like, blow dry and curling iron. And, mm-hmm. like, you're going to do it till it looks, like, acceptable. And, like, did it basically every day for, like, probably like, a month and a half. Until, like, I actually knew how to do it. That makes sense. It's, like, you... I like that where you just choose one thing and then keep going. Exactly, yeah. yeah. Smart. I like that. I think that's good advice, too. Like, the always needing to... There's always something that you can work on. And that way, it's, like, easy not to get complacent if you can, like, focus on one thing at a time, you know? Mm -hmm. And it's, like, there should not be things about yourself that, like, have always bothered you. Like, the majority of it can be fixed or, like, you can... Or you can come to terms with it. Yeah, or you can come to terms with it. Yeah. Easy. I love that. For you, like, was what was the biggest thing that you started with when you were, like, I need to, like, glow up right now? I think way back back to the, like, introverted, like, extroverted thing, mm-hmm. I think I remember when was the realization, but I think, that, like, at some point in time, I realized, like, life revo- rewards extroverts as much as that, like, sucks. It really does. Everyone can point to, like, outlying situations, but generally, it helps you in life to be extroverted, for you to meet more people, etc., and I remember during training at J.P. Morgan, I remember, like, all the advice people said was, like, use it to meet people because most of the, like, what you're working on at your desk is, like, not really related to your, like, training and whatnot. And I took that seriously. Mm-hmm. I was, like, 
I was like, I am meeting everyone. I'm going out every single night. I am like getting to know like every single person here. Like I've never taken like taken anything so seriously. And I remember like at the like the end they had like superlatives and it was like most like social and it was like they had voted for me. And I was like, this, if anyone had seen me like my freshman year of college versus now, that is insane. Cause that was not me. Like I was never the social person, but it, I literally forced myself. I was like, this is what they said to do. I'm gonna do it. Oh my God. I love that because I, I like when we recognize what's real in life versus what we want it to be. You yeah. know what it's like? Were you recognizing that extroverts are being rewarded or certain types of people or people who do xyz are being rewarded and you're like i'm just gonna try it out yeah and you can change your whole like life about it if as long as you're not putting parameters on yourself that are like yeah i'm like this so i'm never gonna change you know exactly. what i mean yeah so that's like so fun because you just like had an open mind and tried it out yeah and it works out yeah and now i feel like i wouldn't know that you had an ex or an introverted nature from yeah. like seeing your content or from even meeting you. You know yeah. what I mean? I, it's so interesting too. Cause I've, I've had like people tell like friends of mine tell me that like have people who, who actually like had seen my content before meeting me and then they'll meet me in like in a group setting and think I'm really different. And I think it's because in group settings, it's still very hard for me to be more like extroverted. Whereas like when I'm on TikTok, I feel like I'm close to talking to my close friends. And like in situations where I know people want to like talk to me, mm -hmm. like it's so easy. Like I think that's the same way for like dating. Like I love dating because it's like we both signed up to be on this date. Yeah. Like I'm not nervous about that. Like I might as well have a good time when I'm here. But like if I'm at a party and I'm like, oh, that guy's kind of cute. I don't know how to go up to him. Like different story because I, I see there hasn't been a mutual opt-in yeah but I think um I don't know where I was going with that but like that those situations of like either close friends or like knowing that we both want to be here in this situation it's like a lot easier for me to open up because that's where my social anxiety comes from is just like feeling like someone doesn't want to talk to me it's so like, like in I a group setting yeah exactly yeah. I can see that I feel like it makes sense I am I'm the opposite where I'm in a group setting, I just want everyone to feel comfortable. So I like go after and I'm like, everybody chat, everybody do this. And that's something like, I want to work on. And that's what I, I think you can work on, but I need to work on like in one-on-one -on -one settings, like making sure I'm very like present because I'm just always worried about the mood of everybody. Yeah. So I love that. And But it's good to know like you can change. That's what I like about it is like you can evolve and change with it. You yeah. know what I mean? A hundred percent. Yeah. I really want to work on that thing of like being well, just have more anxiety. welcoming yeah. and like <laughs> wanting I like I like one thing I've been trying to work on is like like I have a couple of my friends who like they're really good at complimenting other people and I mm. think it makes people around them who are like like who they're new just feel so much more comfortable and I'm like there's no downside to that. There's oh, no I started downside doing that randomly. to complimenting other people like in a meaningful way. Like don't have it be fake, but mm -hmm. like, and it makes like getting to know people so much easier. And it's like, I don't know why I feel like uncomfortable doing it. That's like your, I feel like the best homework. I think when yeah. I was younger and a lot more like insecure, that's one thing, like a piece of advice I heard and took seriously, which yeah. was just like, always compliment people when you see something you like like yeah don't don't make it fake don't like make something up for the sake of it but if you, but always do it because it'll always make someone feel better yeah. plus like if you're like at the store you're in a situation where you're in a line or yeah. something like that you always a compliment will always get you further yeah you know so that's a good like piece of homework for everybody I fear yeah 
which is wonderful. Okay, I'm curious now. What does, okay, you've, we've talked about it. I was going to ask like about insecurities you've overcome or things you've overcome and like built now. What are you working on right now, actually? I think especially now working for myself, I'm working on being like a lot more organized with my like tasks and also prioritizing things that are like, I think there's so many com- things to come to you and you're like, oh, I need to do this now, but it's actually not the most important thing. Real, so real. And oh ha- like that prioritization is like, so hard to do but is so important like I think the people who go like especially with for business it's like we all have the same hours in the day and you can like hustle your way to like an extra two or whatever you have like focused energy time but I think it's more about making sure that like you're finding those things that have like asymmetric upside between your effort and like the potential output and so many things I'm so used to like, oh, I just want to check all these things off a box. Let me just check all the things off that are easy. Like, okay, let's reply to these three emails, but they're like not the most important things. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. The art of prioritization is probably the biggest learning curve, especially with entrepreneurship. Like at work, yeah. it's easier, but when you're doing things for yourself, I find myself doing that a lot where I'm like, yeah. oh, like I just moved last week. So it's like, oh, let me put these things together. But it's like, actually you have like things in your inbox if you don't figure out today then like this won't happen and so it's hard to hold it all in your brain and yeah. I feel like it's an ever-evolving thing yeah I want to get a system I don't have one like yeah, a good systems. system girl me too <laughs> uh, I don't have one either it's like I prioritize when I'm overwhelmed which yeah. like, doesn't work because I'm already overwhelmed so it's crazy okay so I do want to ask a few questions about like material girl things like yeah New York etc so what are some of your favorite like maintenance things you do or we talked about workout classes already but like stuff in that's like New York City or anyone can do anywhere yeah things I spend money on is a lot of things I'm trying to cut it down aggressively I, I just try to raise my income not yeah because <laughs> I literally am a spender till I die yeah yeah personal care I'm a nail girly it is not a natural nail summer whoever <laughs> wants to do natural not on my watch yeah 100 no, percent I and it was annoying because I, I remember in college I never cared I was like you could not like kill me to like go get a manicure but I think it was honestly once I discovered like acrylics and like gel x and stuff where it lasts basically like I just have to get it replaced when my nail grows too far out that was like game changing for me because like getting it I actually don't understand anyone who gets a regular polish manicures you're stupid you're stupid that's a waste of time it's like waste of time like will last like three days like max I feel like and you're sitting there for 45 minutes like spend a little like 45 more minutes in the salon Mm -hmm. and have it last four weeks and like look beautiful and then like clothing wise I'm trying to get more into the real 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 because Mm -hmm. I think you they're like amazing deals there insane but I'm a revolve not because of revolving like but I'm like a revolve girl like the two-day shipping the easy returns easy returns yeah it's painful I'm the same like I do want to be more intentional and like thrift and all that stuff but like I guess we're kind of similar. We don't have time for that. Yeah. I don't have time to, I need to find something, know what's going to get here and know that it's going to fit. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So I feel you on that. Are you a designer bag person? I like, I have a few designer bags, but I think I have a really good collection. Mm. That's like, I have a bag for everything now and I like have no desire 
to get to new like ones. get new ones like but I have like and they're all like statements but like one goes for each like I have like two Dior saddlebags so Ooh. and one is all gold like it's gold and gold like Gorgeous. it goes it's basically a piece of jewelry honestly like mm. it goes with everything I have like a red saddle that's like the bright pop and like a black Chanel bag and that's pretty much like the extent of my mm. like designer pieces and it like works it works for me I like I like that because it's like reminding people you don't have to always have the new trendy bag. Yeah. But also like finding something that works for you. I feel similar. Yeah. I just got my like the the last thing I felt like I needed in my collection, like a little Louis Vuitton. I yeah. never was into it. Yeah. But I have like a few friends who like it just goes with everything. Yeah. And I was tired of like needing a black or a white bag yeah. all the time. Yeah. So I like that thinking about it strategically instead yeah. of Okay, so we're getting to the end of our time, so I like to ask my guests all the same few questions at the end. Yeah. The first is, what is, like, a book, resource, a quote even, that has, like, really changed your outlook on things and, like, helped you become the person you are? Can it be an app? Oh, yeah. Superhuman. Stop. <laughs> we're talking to Superhuman Stan right now. <laughs> Oh, they've heard it every single okay. day, every single episode, literally. I've always been, like, a horrible texter. Like, I have probably 600 unread texts mm. right now on my phone. It's kind of a lost cause. Email, I'm, I'm slowly getting better. I'm getting better at it. I'm not, like, perfect yet. But it is, like, and having different inboxes for different things. So good. Yeah. Is, like, Next that level. nothing in, like, getting to inbox zero like it's possible like I never even thought it was possible and you made it and I made it and I don't always make it but like like I'm probably there like once every two weeks and it feels Incredible. amazing yes I love that okay perfection love to see it. okay then the final one is finish this sentence with something that you want young people to know you are too smart for worrying about if it's gonna work out I love that out. <laughs> it always does. We always forget that. Where can everyone find you? Plug yourself, plug yeah. your brand, let us all know. More importantly is 4am skin, the number 4am skin on mm -hmm. all platforms. And then myself is Jade Beglin. It's really hard to spell. J-D-E-B-E-G-U-E-L-I-N. How do I pronounce it? Beglin. Beglin. Yeah, just okay. ignore the U-E. Okay, perfect. Yeah. Beglin. I was like, I didn't, I didn't <laughs> record the intro because yeah. I was like, I don't know how to say this. But thank you for educating me. Yeah. Thank you so much for coming of on. Of course. Thanks for having me. Of this is fun. Course.